0: this morning, Lord willing, we're going to be looking at uh, Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. Two letters uh, to two particular churches, one in Sardis and the other in Philadelphia. And we'll dispense with all the jokes about the city in Pennsylvania, uh, except for that rye one that I just made. It's so terrible. should probably just restart this, but we won't. Um, it's in the lifetime, in real churches, real church services in person, you can't just say something clumsy and awkward and... Uh, then restart. So we'll pretend it's just like a regular Sunday morning. I try to be clever. I say something not clever. You chuckle, and we move on. Uh, So these are two letters written to two specific churches, but of course, as we've seen in Revelation, these letters are going to all of the churches, and they're for all churches at all times as well. So this is the Word of God. To the angel of the church in Sardis write, These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up! Strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will will not know at what time I will come to you. Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes, They will walk with me dressed in white, for they are worthy. The one who is victorious will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my Father and his angels. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. The one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I also write on them my new name. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, this first church in the city of Sardis, and one of the things that we know about Sardis in terms of of historical location, is that it was built on a cliff. It had high walls and it was considered to be a place that was basically impregnable. You could uh, defend it and protect it very easily. Uh, This had actually led to problems. Twice, there was a complacency that took over the city uh, because they believed that their location, their their fortresses, uh, that they were going to be secure from, from invaders. And twice, people had actually scaled up the cliff, climbed up the cliff secretly, then sort of opened up the gates and captured the city. Jesus writes to this city, which seemed very, very secure, but was prone to fall asleep and get lax in terms of guarding itself and became vulnerable as a result because of its apathy. Jesus writes and says, I am the one who holds the seven spirits of God, that's probably the Holy Spirit, and the seven stars, messengers to the churches. I know your deeds, and he says this again and again. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. Uh, wake up is really more like be watchful, like be vi- be vigilant. Uh, you know, don't don't fall asleep on guard duty. You know, this is not a matter of um, you know struggling to get yourself out of bed in the morning. You know, this is this is not a matter of of needing a little. You know, a little push in order uh, to throw off the covers and get up and face the day. This is a matter of not falling asleep when you're on guard duty. You know, the shepherd stays awake to watch the flock. Uh, the, the sentry stays awake uh, to guard the city. And so Jesus is saying, listen, you need to wake up. I, I know your deeds. I know you have this great reputation. But actually, you're not really alive. You're dead. Their their deed, in a manner of speaking, is their reputation. That's it. And, and, and this is the reality. The, the sheer reality is a lot of us as individuals, as churches, we have a reputation for being alive. But there's a lot of deadness. This is one of the things that baffles me, actually. I'll be very honest. It just baffles me so much that Christians and churches are still not aware that this is reality. There are a ton of us who struggle in all kinds of ways. And the reputation, the, the veneer, uh, the appearance, is not even close to the actual reality. You know, a, a church can look really, really, really good on the surface. Friendly, happy. And you start digging down you you find out that there's a lot of problems. Same in people's lives. Same in people's hearts. And so when we find out that someone is struggling with things, you know, we you know, say, oh, they had a reputation for being alive. They're just a hypocrite. Well, well, maybe, maybe they're a crass hypocrite. Maybe they're just struggling. The Lord knows. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. It's time to pay attention to this. Focus your eyes. "...strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God." Found is sort of like an investigative word, sort of like a forensic word, actually. He, he, he's actually gone out, he's done this investigation, he's, he's investigated their deeds, and he's found out that they're not complete. They're lacking. Uh, maybe in quantity, maybe in quality, probably a little bit of both. Now, the church might not know that, that's why they need to wake up. The church might be very pleased with their deeds, they might be totally content with what they're doing. They don't realize that their deeds are unfinished. That's partly because they're asleep or dying. In the sight of God, though, it doesn't matter what their association thinks, it doesn't matter what their denomination thinks, It it doesn't matter what they think. The only one who can properly evaluate a church, just like the only one who can properly evaluate a life, is God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. So the, the, the solution to this is remember the gospel. Remember what you've been told. Remember the truth about Jesus Christ. Remember the truth of God. Remember who he is. Remember what he calls you to do. And wake up and pay attention. Finish the deeds. Finish the task. Finish the path. The road that God has called you on. Hold it fast. The things you've received and heard, do not let them go. If you do not wake up, I will come like a thief. And you will not know at what time I will come to you. Remember, Sardis twice was taken over you know, because of their apathy. Invaders could come in. Here Jesus says, I'm come, I'll come to you like a thief. This isn't the final second coming, because it's to this church and Jesus coming to investigate them. Jesus coming to see what they're doing. It, it's like you know Jesus showing up in the midst of a church service one day. I mean, imagine that. You know, uh, uh, imagine what would happen if Jesus just sort of showed up on a Sunday morning. And part of the issue, of course, is that He's always there. He should always be there. But He's like, I'm going to come to you. You're not going to know when I'm coming. Yet, despite this, you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me dressed in white, for they are worthy. Our local churches are often mixed bags. I mean, all of us struggle in different ways. But in the church, there are some who are teetering on the brink of disaster. There are some, perhaps, who are falling away. Uh, There are some who are going with with great joy and vigor. There are some who who seem to be having very little in the way of trials and pain. There are others who sort of live with grinding uh, difficulty. Some are mature, some are immature. Some are backsliding, some are forging ahead. You have a few people who have not soiled their clothes, they've not compromised themselves. They're, they're not defiled with the dirt and the muck of the world and the sin nature. Because of that, they'll be dressed in white, and white so often a symbol, being dressed in white, being clothed and arrayed in white, so often a symbol of justification or victory or purity or or righteousness or holiness. It's it's glory and celebration. With the contrast with soiled, here the accent probably lands on purity and holiness and righteousness. They will be holy. They will be righteous. They are worthy. The one who is victorious will, like them, be dressed in white. So so it's not just for them, but overcomers, those who triumph through the blood of the Lamb, those who triumph through Christ, they are the ones who are made fit. They are clothed, dressed for the heavenly state. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my Father and his angels. What a promise that is. I will never blot out their name from the book of life. Of course, the book of life we, we find more of in the end of revelation. Uh, God has a book, a book of, that records the identity of the natures of those who will live forever. and, and your, if your name's in it, I'll never blot that name out. Uh, you will be made fit for glory. You will be made fit for heaven. I will never forget you. You know, God's saying, I I can't get you out of my mind. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll never blot you out of my memory. I'll never blot you out of my life. Whatever you go through in this world, whatever suffering and sorrow there is I will love you forever I will never forget you I will never erase you your name will always be in the book of life and I will acknowledge that name Jesus says before my father and his angels Jesus one day you know will will be proud to to take you if you are a believer and to put his arms around you and, and to bring you before his father and say this is my child. This 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 one belongs to me. I know. Fill in your name. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This letter to Sardis it it gives you such a powerful warning. But also there's a glorious blessing. Wake up. You might die if you don't. Your deeds are incomplete. You might be captured and ruined and destroyed. But if you overcome, you'll be righteous. You have eternal life. And Jesus will acknowledge you before the Father. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. Now, Philadelphia, of course, is the, the city of brotherly love from Phileo. One of the, one of the types of love that, uh, that the Greeks talked about. Uh, Phileo was that, that deep, rich friendship love. So writing to this city of brotherly love, what's interesting is that um, in this letter, there's, there's no note of reproach whatsoever. There's no rebuke. Everything written to this church is positive. Everything that's good, everything is encouraging. The one who writes these words, who writes these words of encouragement, is the one who is holy and true. He is set apart and pure and righteous in every way, and he is true. What he says is true. He's truth itself. He holds the key to David. Now, key of David, I mean, to have the the key to the city or the key to the household, the key of David is a metaphor for, for, Ownership and access and authority in all of the Davidic house. And the Davidic house, of course, is that covenantal house. It's the claim of authority and sonship. He has control over the royal household. And, and so because he has the key of David, what he shuts, no one can open. What he opens, no one can shut. So... The one who is holy and true is saying, listen, I have authority in the kingdom, I have authority in the covenantal community, I have authority in heaven and on earth. So what I shut can't be closed and what I uh, sorry what I shut can't be opened rather, and what I open cannot be closed. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. So Jesus is making a way for this church, and no one is going to be able to stop him from doing so. I know that you have little strength. So here, Jesus is saying, listen, I have opened the door to the Messianic kingdom. Don't worry. I'll keep it open for you. You have little strength. What what I'm calling you to do, you can't do. What I'm calling you to do, you're not strong enough to do. But I'm the one who opens the door. I, I, I'm the one, not you. Don't, don't look to yourself. Don't look to your own strength because it's too little. You have little strength. But I am the one who has the key to the messianic kingdom. I am the Messiah who opens the door. And I will hold the door for you, O oh, you of little strength. You have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. It's an amazing thing. Jesus looks at this church and, and, and he sees how frail they are, how fragile they are. And, he, and he, he's going to hold them together together. Because they've kept his word. They haven't denied his name. thats they're, they're trying to follow. They have little strength. Yes, they're not strong. But as, as they follow him, as they do not deny him, he gives them strength day by day. I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan who claim to be Jews, though they are not but are liars, I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. This is like Smyrna where the Jews, you know, the synagogue being, uh, being being part of the synagogue of Satan? They're claiming to sort of have a right relationship with God. They're claiming to be part of God's covenant people, and yet they are not. They're not rightly related to God through Jesus Christ. That's why they're liars. Eventually, the enemies, this this church in Philadelphia, they have, they have little strength and they have enemies, but. Jesus is going to triumph over their enemies, and their enemies are going to come and fall at their feet, and they're going to acknowledge something very interesting. They're going to acknowledge that that Jesus loves these people. They'll fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. What, what, What a beautiful thing to have love given and received and recognized to have it acknowledged. Even our enemies will acknowledge that Jesus loves us. Jesus loves his people. Jesus loves his church. Jesus loves those with little strength. Maybe maybe today you feel some of that weakness maybe maybe today you feel overwhelmed a little bit by circumstances and by trials and by other people and by enemies and and whatever else life may have for you maybe today you're just desperate truly truly desperate to feel loved to know that someone loves you If you are a Christian, Jesus loves you. He loves his people. If you know him, then you are loved with infinite love. You are loved perfectly. You are loved forever. That matters. That, that counts for life. That counts for eternal life. Don't ever overlook the love of Jesus. Jesus loves you. Since you have kept my word to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. Now, this verse is given a lot of play in a certain theological system um, partly because it that systems use of this verse misunderstands uh, chapters two and three in general <laughs> that is uh, you know it tries to make it church ages rather than individual churches these are not church ages um, in fact if you, if you actually read any of the writing that tries to parse out when these what age is represented by what church it's it's a Bit of a gong show, uh, to be honest. Um, Here, however, what you're being told uh, very clearly is that these people have endured patiently. Jesus commanded them to endure patiently, and they have. In terms of the apocalyptic vision, massive, full-scale, traumatic, catastrophic uh, violence and persecution is going to be unleashed. But the Lord is going to keep them. In fact, one of the things that's important to see, though, is I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. From does not mean necessarily. There, There are two ways it can be translated, two ways it can be understood. One, to be kept from a trial means that you are just sort of the trial's over here, and you're removed over here. You're just kept from it. It doesn't, doesn't bother you. Another force of the word, though, in Greek, is that it can be kept through something. So let's, let, let's envision a fire. You can think about um, uh, the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, where they're put in the fiery furnace. So did God save them from the fiery furnace? Yes. Did He save them from it by not letting them go into it and through it? No. He saved them from it, but they still went through it. And so here, either this isn't necessarily that they're exempted, it's that they'll be kept safe through whatever it is that they take that takes place. I will keep you from the hour of trial that's going to come on the whole world. And then this very encouraging note, you have little strength, the door is open. How long is the door going to stay open? How long is this hour of trial going to be? It doesn't matter. I am coming soon. Jesus Christ is coming soon. In in the time frame of God's unfolding redemptive plan, the next big thing Jesus does is return. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Be a king. Be a queen. Don't let anyone take your crown. The one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. A pillar that obviously denotes strength and permanency. something which. Uh, and so you will, in the temple of God, it's a metaphor, of course. In the temple of God, you will be a pillar of strength. Never again will they leave it. Now, at the end of Revelation, we find out that there is no temple in the new heavens and earth. This is obviously a metaphor. It's imagery. You're a pillar in the temple of God, and you're never going to leave, though. You're always going to be in the presence, the holy presence of God. I will write on them the name of my God, in the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. That comes uh, you know, at the end of Revelation. The, the new city comes down. Uh, on you will be inscribed the name of God, showing ownership. And I'll also write in them my new name. So so in the end, when Christ, in the, in the new heavens and new earth, Christ will return, and there'll be a new revelation of who he is. We will see him uh, in a new and a fresh way. You, 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 the canon of scripture is closed because revelation isn't done. You have to understand this. God has just given us the first whispers of Revelation. He, he's only begun to show us who He is. Jesus Christ has only begun to show us who He is. There's so much more to discover. There's so much more for Him to show us. It's like pure and true love. So much more to discover. So much more to explore. And say, you know, you, you know Jesus, but you're going to know Him so much better. You love Jesus, but you're going to love Him, you know, so much more. Always loving Him more, not less. Always growing deeply in love. So when Jesus comes, he's going to write on us his new name. He's going to inscribe himself upon us and we'll know him better and better. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You need to wake up. You need to finish your deeds. Your name may be in the book of life and, and never blotted out. Jesus will acknowledge, may acknowledge you before the Father and His angels. You may have little strength, but Jesus can open a door that no one can shut because He has authority to do so. Your enemies will fall down and acknowledge that Jesus Christ Himself has loved you. He He can He can keep you you know in and through and from trial. He's coming back soon. He's going to show that you belong to God and to himself. You'll be a pillar in the temple of God. You'll never leave his presence ever again. And Jesus will keep showing you more and more of himself and his love for all of eternity forever and ever and ever. Hear that. Hear that, whoever has ears to hear. Let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You're so, so, so loved by God. You're so loved by Jesus and by the Holy Spirit. Let us love one another. Your love comes from God. Hear what the Spirit is saying. Hear what I am telling you with the authority of God himself. You are loved. You are not alone. May God help us to feel it. Especially when we have little strength. May God help us to see the open door. And may give us the power and strength to walk through it and to walk well. To finish our deeds. Not to earn our way to heaven. But in thankful response to who he is and what he has done. God is love. And you are loved.